0: Welcome to the Foul Original Podcast, where we take a foul look at professional wrestling. This is episode number four of the Hat Take Roundtable, WWE Worlds Collide 2019 edition, recorded on the 3rd of February 2019, featuring Keyfan from Best Damn Wrestling Podcast, Levi from the Ruthless Aggression Podcast, and DJ Storms. Big thanks for their input, make sure you check them all out. The show begins after some important messages from friends of the foul original show.
1: Are you looking for wrestling content and exclusive interviews from the likes of Impact Pro Wrestlers, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and British Wrestling? Are you in the market for a five-minute recap of all the day's events? Then subscribe now to Wilford Watches Podcast, available on all pod platforms and on Twitter at Wilford Watches. Now, back to the show.
2: It's your friendly Australian power here, Josh Robinson, from the Wrestling Reverb Podcast. You can join me and my co-host, Kevin Carroll, every week on Wrestling Reverb, where we talk all things pro wrestling. You can listen to Wrestling Reverb anywhere you listen to podcasts, including iTunes, Spotify, and Anchor. And, of course, Wrestling Reverb is a part of the Pulse Podcast Network.
0: table today joined by oh i hear someone's coming in. today joined by three awesome content creators podcasters youtubers um and i'm gonna start introing them so first of all we have from the best damn wrestling podcast um we have keithan would you like to introduce yourself to the world there keithan
3: You know, we like to consider ourselves products of attitude. What we do with our show, we just basically give everybody a raw, uncut, unfiltered, you know, brutally honest, sometimes hilarious take on the wrestling industry as a whole. And you know, and my buddy Rod sends his regards and we're just grateful to be on here. We're Glad to be a part of this.
0: Well, Keith, and as I said, like, thank you very much. Obviously, Rod couldn't make it tonight. I've been chatting to him on Skype. A really, really sound guy, um, and I love what they're doing. They are just a week and a bit old. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, they've already produced such awesome stuff so far. Um, it's great. we now let's get up to. So we were well, second. We were going to come in with the Ruthless Aggression podcast, but they're not ready just yet. So we're going to take you to the infamous, the misunderstood, the one and only. Mr. D.J. Storms. Enjoy yourself, my friend.
2: All right, so why don't we get this party started right? Now, for those of you who don't know who I am, allow me to introduce myself. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the one and only D.J. Storms. Welcome to a very special edition collaboration session right here on YouTube.com. Now, if you don't know the other names that they call me, well, they call me Mr. Controversy and the operator of the best damn Twitter angle known and kind. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Foul Original. It is an honor.
0: Um, thank you very much uh, seriously like uh, as a few of you may or may not know from my formative days um, I was very similar to Mr. DJ Storms and I love the fact that there are still characters available here on the internet so and just awesome people who who like to actually have an opinion have a goddamn opinion so um, I'm going to start us straight in now t- today's evening is um, a little bit different because obviously we kind of already knew who won the tournament and stuff. Some really good matches. So I'm going to take a slightly different slant at this show because it's not live. Um, And I just want to kind of ask the first question. The first question I wanted to ask was... (laughs) who is the superior brand is it 205 live is it NXT UK or is it NXT now this question i asked in the chat and this is for 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 you personally not necessarily based on what you are tonight so i want to start off with keithan i want to hear what you guys have to say there from the um, best damn wrestling podcast um, what's your favorite
3: Um, promotion of those three out of three hands down NXT you know there's no contest to me there NXT is the one that start I've been watching NXT ever since it was like a competition show and the the way it's grown has been amazing just amazing Triple H and his team have been doing an amazing job with it Uh, I have faith in them taking over the business in the future when Vince McMahon decides to step away I'm loving everything they're doing whoever started up this tournament idea Kudos to them, because usually tournaments don't work that well. But yeah, NXT has been amazing. All their takeovers have been better than the pay-per-views that come afterwards. And it's just, uh, my mind is blown all the time, every time.
0: I, I totally have to agree, man. Like NXT has been such an eye opener every single week. NXT UK, yeah, it's getting there, but it's such an eye opener every single week. Yeah. Now, DJ Storms, what, what what what's your opinion on this? Who, which of these three, of any of them, are your favourite, and why?
2: Well, you see, that is a very interesting question, man, because of the fact that. All of them have great qualities about them. Well, First of all, they're all run by Triple H, so you know that all of them are going to be great in their own right. Um, now, True. NXT UK, fairly new, but in the amount of time that it's been around, it has quickly become perhaps the most underrated brand in all of WWE. Obviously, NXT UK Takeover Blackpool. That was a hugely successful takeover. It was probably so far on the WWE pay-per-view calendar, out of the three pay-per-views that have taken place so far, uh, Takeover, uh, Takeover Blackpool, Takeover Phoenix in the Rumble, NXT UK Takeover Blackpool was perhaps the best pay-per-view of the year so far. And NXT UK just has a great new feel. All these I would agree. Yeah, all these great talent from all across the UK, uh, New Zealand. Uh, you even got Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel from Italy and Germany coming in, who have gelled very nice as a tag team. Um, 205 Live. Now, I've I've been watching 205 Live since 2017, and I have loved everything about 205 Live. The only thing I don't like is the fact that they don't move it before SmackDown Live, because if you move it before SmackDown Live, then a lot more people would be appreciating the Cruiserweights, because you take a look at 205 Live, and you've got some of the best workers in all of wwe cedric alexander buddy murphy alisto leo rush grand metal League, the list goes on and on nxt i mean what can i say about nxt nxt has been without a doubt the number one brand in sports entertainment no matter where you look it doesn't matter where you look nxt every single time as um as um they said from I forgot his name. What's uh yeah, exactly. Sorry, Keith Keith, and uh, Yeah, I am bad with names. As he said, NXT, every single time there is a WWE main roster pay per view, the NXT takeover before it is better than that pay per view in every sense of the word. So for me personally, I have to go with NXT based on how well that they have been doing. Now I would say that if two oh five live is spotlighted better and NXT UK take uh, NXT UK as it continues to progress and as it continues to grow I think those two could very well get on the same level as NXT but for right now NXT is number one out of those three brands.
0: Well, see i think as i said i think we're all on the same page here nxt has been such an amazing like difference maker in all of the wwe and i can see from jo Jolene there jojo has said something which is totally true yeah um thanks for joining the show nxt should be a separate entity um it should be treated separately i love the fact that we have a brand which is going off on its own doing stuff that the work rate like you spoke about work rate there um Um, DJ Storms work rate on 205 Live is spectacular. It's you're watching New Japan quality matches on a WWE B show. Like that's what you're watching, and it feels stupid to put that kind of quality of quality of wrestling on a place where you can't see it. And you're right, if this was on before SmackDown Live, people would pay attention. But it's 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 buried. It's 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 almost like looking at where ECW was buried in the middle of a schedule in the middle of nowhere the kind of quality of stuff you're seeing there is great but there aren't enough people watching it um but Looking back at this tournament, um, I mean, I, we saw some amazing dream matches within this tournament. Uh, Tyler, like the final to begin with, Tyler Bates versus Velveteen Dream. God damn, I mean, yeah. th- that's the kind of wrestling that I that we all wanted to see. Um, I, we obviously we know, and I might as well kind of elephant in the room, we know that Velveteen Dream won this beforehand, and yes. we know what Again. he goes on to Again. do so oh yeah well this is what I mean someone broke it in the chat like we had you in the chat as well and I tried to keep it as much as humanly possible to be able to watch it with an open mind I found out who won accidentally and then I thought okay now I don't know um, DJ Storms but obviously there's some spoilers which take us to um, NXT um, for what happens with that yeah so we're going to say those spoilers because yeah yes exactly and this is what i wanted to talk about so on that we so the nxt tapings have happened and at the nxt tapings velveteen dream challenged for the united states championship against johnny gargano now according to reports and from what we've seen with the footage um velveteen dream wins the championship and yeah. then Johnny Gargano takes the championship off him, runs up the entranceway and holds it with Tommy uh, Tommaso Ciampa, um, kind of looking at the, looking at Goldie, looking a bit at Goldie longingly. Now, the question I have for both of you is, does this mean that Velveteen Dream is the winner? Or are we going to see some shenanigans on the taping? Or was this two separate endings filmed so that no one in the audience knew what had happened? Um, I'm going to go to you first, DJ Stone, Stirl-
2: uh, DJ Storms, do you think that this, who who won? Who won? Did anybody win? I really don't know, to be quite honest with you, because the first time that I saw this, I was under the impression that Velveteen Dream won the North American Championship, and I was... You know, I was pondering to myself, why would they do this? Mainly because of the fact that, uh, for one, I do not like short title reigns. I think it's disrespectful to the championship. I think it's disrespectful to the person. I don't like short title reigns unless there's an exception and they have a plan. And to speak when I was, yeah, they have a plan. But why would you take the title off of Johnny Gargano instead of going in to take over Brooklyn Five with a champion versus champion match with Gargano and Champa? Now, to be quite honest with you, the idea that you just said, yeah, Gargano could have still won the title back. You never really know. And for all we know, Velveteen Dream could be getting called up after WrestleMania 35. But to be quite honest, it is very confusing because all these types of tapings and all these types of photos and videos, they seem to come out in bits and pieces here and there. So it's confusing to put all the pieces of the puzzle together. Um, from what I've seen and from what I've gathered, I think that Velveteen Dream could very well be the North American champion. For all for all we know, he could. Um, we're going to have to wait and see how it plays out. But you know, as far as I'm concerned, I think Velveteen Dream won. But again, I don't know. It's very confusing. Well see on that
0: point, uh DJ uh DJ Storm, I wanna take this to Keithan and I wanted to kind of just expand upon that. And what I wanted to say was we're in a tonight tonight's event for example tonight's event was pre-recorded some of us knew who won some of us didn't we know what's happening now kind of for the next few weeks in taping do you think that something like this do you think that it takes away from the specialness of Velveteen Dream winning tonight and then going on to do what he did on NXT because we already know or do you think that kind of not knowing exactly what's happening is making us all want to watch that NXT episode way more than we ever would
3: I think it's kind of a bit of both. I mean, you know, leaking the information and leaking pictures out. I I don't know how they allow pictures of Velveteen going over on Johnny Gargano. I don't understand how they let that leak out to social media, but that's the dangers of social media and wrestling these days, you know. People uh, will leak anything just to get some likes and, you know, views. Uh, As far as Velveteen Dream's um, future with it, you know, You know, it's hard for me to say. It's really hard for me to say because it could be somewhat of a sabotage move, but then again, it could be all part of a build-up to a much larger-scale match involving Ciampa, Gargano, and, you know, all the six that were brawling at the end of TakeOver last weekend. Uh, But for Velveteen, I mean, this whole tournament was basically, I feel— um, a way to get him over even more with the fans, you know, because clearly he was the star. of it. He got the biggest pop. He had some of the best matches. They they really put the spotlight on him a lot. And it is actually puzzling to me because at first he was saying he was going to go after the NXT championship uh, when he was doing an interview backstage before the tournament ended. He said he was going to go for the NXT championship. and it, it just threw me off to see him winning the, the North American championship so I don't know. I'm confused. They kind of threw me for a loop, but that's kind of the good thing about NXT. They're unpredictable. True. Yeah. Cause
0: I mean, even, yeah, even though we know roughly what's going to happen, it's always spun in a different way. And- yeah i love nxt i mean it it's it, it really does like sometimes some of the stuff that's filmed is filmed so way out of order that you don't know what's going to happen and the amount of times that i've been like like for example and i use this as the example the ricochet flip you know the ricochet plancher directly to velveteen dreams feet oh, we all yeah. saw that in gif form way before the episode came out did that make any of us not want to see that segment live no like i was like well, if yeah, that's what we to got what to happened. see what the hell else yeah. happens. Yeah. Exactly, oh, dude, exactly. Um and that's why yeah.
2: Yeah, could I just uh I just wanted to say one thing. Um you know, when they put Tyler Bate go, in the finals with Velveteen Dream I was actually under the impression that they were going to have Tyler Bate win and then he was going to challenge for the Cruiserweight Championship because right now as we speak there's not many top contenders in line to take the title off of Buddy Murphy. I mean, yeah, you got Leo Rush. Yeah, but he's a heel. I mean, you can't really do heel versus heel unless it's in like a multi-man match so that would give Leo Rush the opportunity to win the Cruiserweight Championship but considering how good Tyler Bates is and how over he is with the crowd as a baby face i was under the impression that they were going to have talibate win and then they were going to have tyler Bate challenge murphy for the cruiserweight championship because murphy he wants a challenge so i i don't i wouldn't see how tyler Bate, the first ever wwe united kingdom champion i won't understand how that's not a challenge and tyler bait versus buddy murphy think about that
0: See, you said this is this is great. We What we normally do before the roundtables, we have like a little Twitter green room and Twitter green room was on fire. It's DJ Storms is like, it was a really, really good theory. I remember thinking, you know what? That's actually a really good idea. Um, have someone like the because that's the thing that I think 205 Live needs. It needs that big contender, that big name to kind of come in and want the title. I think that's the big thing. It's something that like Cody Rhodes did for a very short time for the NWA championship he made he he was a big guy that said i want that championship and if you had like um, if you had Tyler Bate come in and want the 205 champion live championship it would make it would it would rise that up and yeah you're right there's no challenge I don't feel like there's any challenges on 205 live right now that could go against Buddy Murphy and legitimately win um, in the fans eyes uh, I-, I was gonna say on the last point for Velveteen Dream actually before we move on is what do you guys all think of Velveteen Dream is he ready for the main roster um, we'll start with 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 you, DJ Storms, do you think Velveteen Dream is ready for the main roster?
2: Oh, absolutely. There is no doubt about it. Velveteen Dream was ready for the main roster by the time 2018 hit, never mind 2019. The problem with um, main roster right now, <coughs> excuse me. The problem with the main roster right now is that there's always that fear that you know WWE is going to call up these great guys, but yet they call them up with no plans, and that's been the case for a lot of people. A lot of people like Andrade, Cien Almas, A lot of people like Sanity. They've been called up, and WWE has seemingly had no plans for them. But as far as um, it relates right now, Velveteen Dream is definitely ready for the main roster. He's been ready for the main roster. He is so, oh, he's got everything. Great wrestler, great character, great on the mic. The problem is, is that is WWE really going to have plans to put Velveteen Dream in a prominent spot? And it, it doesn't even have to be in a prominent spot straight out the gate. At least build him up in an undercard feud and spotlight him in some way, shape, or form instead of just giving him jobber matches and then having them and then having you know defeat those jobbers ultimately to be in catering for the next three weeks and then start losing to top stars so i want velveteen dream on the main roster but wwe needs to have solid plans and i don't trust wwe in any way shape or form to have solid plans for the velveteen dream because why wwe is run by vince mcmahon and we all know what happens when vince gets his hands on things he destroys them
0: Well, Vince likes his new toys and I feel like he'd (laughs) like Velveteen Dream for a very short period of time. And I think the problem with Velveteen Dream is that he's two different like he's not anything that vince has seen before he's a he's parts of things that vince has seen before but i don't think he'd have a good handle on how to push him and that's why i wanted to say about you know is he ready for the main roster keith and i want to ask you do you think that and i'm going to kind of flip it around do you think the main roster is ready
3: for velveteen dream I think they, they're dying for someone like Velveteen Dream. I think they need someone like Velveteen Dream, you know, because, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Velveteen Dream. I've been a fan of his ever since he stepped into Tough Enough competition at 19 years old and, and was running people out of the ring. You know, I love his story, you know, losing his dad at a young age and being raised by wrestling. And, and you know, I remember they gave him this persona of uh, a, like a political Republican when he first got to NXT. And that didn't work. And he found his niche with Velveteen Dream. I mean, the guy puts on five-star matches just effortlessly. He can as, as we saw in the tournament, he can work with people who have vast different styles. And on the main roster, a lot of people have different styles. You know, and I and I I'm right along with DJ on this one. Vincent McMahon gets his hands on somebody and he can bury them quickly. We saw that with Apollo Crews. He was down to NXT for like one takeover. And then they called him up to the main roster and now look at him. He's just out of sight, out of mind. And they've done this with plenty of people because they don't know what to do with them. And that's my biggest fear for Velveteen going to the main roster. You know, all this work he did building this great character can go to waste just by someone not getting the vision. So, yeah, I definitely think they can use him. I think they're dying for him. They're, they could thrive
2: there. Amen. Amen. I, th-
0: I think the—I think— <laughs> Yeah, I I think the point you made there, Keithan, about um velvet about Apollo Cruz, Apollo Cruz is one of those guys, yeah, in my mind, who had all the skills, all the skill set. You look at him and you think that's a star, that's a star right there. He's ready to go. He's gonna go to the main roster and he's gonna kill it. He gets to the main roster and what happens? Vince decides. Well, he's no longer Apollo Cruz. He's apollo and he's no longer really having a character anymore he just kind of walks out there and smiles and does a few moves every now and then he went from being a title contender to being just a joke and it didn't take a long time it was pretty fast he pretty much hit the main roster and that was it it's like who's this guy who cares (laughs) um that shit pisses me off and yeah like you're right because because these just don't like I don't like the fact that you have wrestlers that come up to the main roster wrestlers who have all the tools wrestlers who should really be ready to go and they just get they're not even buried they're buried in mediocrity like they go into weird feuds like weird feuds that make no sense for either wrestler and then you just realise they've been on the main roster for a year and they've done nothing there was when we were watching TakeOver I remember seeing you know the 2018 NXT awards and they were showing footage of Andrade Cien Almas when in his five star match that he'd had in TakeOver in the same year that he'd been on Smackdown jobbing out to people I remember thinking how weird is that in the same 12 months he's had a five star rated, rated Meltzer match and he's had like a curtain jerker match Happen on SmackDown. Like, how can that happen? Um, it's it's really weird, um, but. I, I wanted to move on to um, something else which this is a little bit of a tangent away as I said I'm taking a different take to this tonight but um, I'm pretty big on Twitter, Twitter like all the time yeah just constantly doing stupid stuff on Twitter just just all the time tweeting out now there's um, a hashtag that started last night um, this hashtag has been there before and it was the hashtag uh, find women that watch wrestling and um, it was also a few of the hashtags but um, I wanted to kind of get your guys opinion on apparently it all started because some people were calling female wrestling fans ugly or they were saying something about them and because of that like the hashtag began and um i wanted to kind of ask you guys what like there were some male ones as well there was hashtag fine many watch wrestling and then there was ross tweddle's hashtag and i'm gonna say it's my own show fat fucks who watch wrestling and <laughs> i uh what do you guys what do you guys think of this like do, do you think that it needs to happen what's your opinion i'm gonna start with you uh let to start with you dj storms what's what's your deal what do you think about this is it needed why do we need to do this
2: um, I don't think it's needed, but I really have no problem with it. I mean, I've actually met some of my followers, my newest followers, from that hashtag. And to be quite honest with you, you know, it's really not doing any harm. I don't see, I don't see it as detrimental. So yeah, if if, um, if female wrestling fans want to go off and they want to hashtag, find women that watch WWE and post a few pictures of themselves and go ahead and do it. I mean, it's sad. It's not really a detriment to me. It's not really a detriment to anyone in the community. They're just, you know, starting their own hashtag and they're having fun while doing it. Yeah, that's what the wrestling community is all about now, isn't it?
0: Exactly. Exactly.
2: Amen. Amen. Indeed.
0: Uh, K- Keithan, um, I want to ask you. So, uh, would you put yourself up as a fine man who watches wrestling? I, I know that you are. Uh, <laughs> that, that it's, there's someone in your life who may not like you doing that, but do you think that she'd think you're a fine man that watches wrestling? <laughs>
3: Yeah, I, I believe so, I believe so. I mean, she got it. She will sit down and watch wrestling with me a little bit, just based off of Total Divas, you know? That kind of helped women get their attention to wrestling a little more and things like that. But yeah, I mean, some of the women kind of scared me. <laughs> but you know, it's a female empowerment <laughs> thing. You know, if, if they want to do it, go ahead, you know? <laughs>
0: Hey, all I can say is that those women had way more courage than I ever would to put like put myself out there like that. Because as we all know, their DMs are gonna be just destroyed the second anything goes up there. Um, I. I, yeah like i mean i i, I that, that's that's the more important like impressive thing is like the, the like the the confidence to put up a picture of yourself put four pictures of yourself to, and to kind of say i'm a wrestling fan as well and then to say well r.i.p my dms because i know that something's about to happen right now um, and i'm not gonna like it uh wait get way more power to them way more power to them um and i I think that it's i think that it's cool i think it's cool and it's good that um that people have the confidence in this there's a lot within the community there's a lot of anxiety and there's a lot of people who have really bad self-confidence issues and i mean it's great to know that people can use wrestling as a way to kind of say hey like i'm here i like wrestling and i also like myself which is really hard for to say these days um and uh i'm gonna looks like we might not get ruse's aggression podcast in here but i'm gonna move us to our next topic um which is um jd from ny so, um, JD from NY um, has recently got himself a silver play button for getting to 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. Um, he is a very divisive character in the community. Um, I, I think that he's a very he's a very. Someone asked me this in the chat tonight. I think that he's a very unique voice. We need people like him to exist. Um, the whole we need evil to exist for good to exist, maybe, um, but. But what i wanted to ask and i'm going to ask you this first dj storms because the comparisons have been there of course they have to what you do and what jd ny does to a certain extent um i want you to tell me why jd from ny is not a bad person I'd like you to, if you can, if you can.
2: Oh, no. What's your I can, opinion absolutely on that? Let me tell you that. I can absolutely tell you that. I actually have had small conversations with him in the past. Because you know, I I have been compared to him numerous amounts of times. But see, there's a difference between me and him. There's a lot of differences between me and him. Just because you know, you know, we're from the East Coast. Yeah, you know, we both have black hair. So obviously, people are gonna be like, Oh God, the, you know, these people look good. These people are basically the same person. Or you know, we say we have similar beliefs and takes on professional wrestling. So oh God, these guys are like the same person or one guy is trying to copy the other guy. But um, obviously, you know, <laughs> I am, I am more out there and I'm more charismatic. Uh, as you can see. Um, I have a personal drummer, for those of you who have watched my content. He does not have a personal drummer. I also do little comedic skits here and there. I like to look at myself as a combination of badassery and comedy. And that's what I usually like to go for. Obviously, yes, the analytics are there, but I like to go forth and put some actual quality entertainment just besides analytics. Um, that's why I go forth with... Um, with uh, you know, uh, my drummer, JV Thunder, and these little comedic skits. That's why I go off and interview some wrestlers. I've interviewed Sebastian Cage and Prince Akhenaten, um, a former WCW superstar crowbar before. All great guys. Very, very talented. Workhorses. Um, but uh, me and him, um, he is not a bad person at all. He's not a bad person at all. Um, I feel as though the difference between um, what I think about him and what others think about him is because he He's very misunderstood, just like me. Um, He's just a regular person. He's gone through the ringer. He's gone through hardships and struggles, just like we all have in life. Um, The problem with a lot of people and his takes on professional wrestling is the same thing with me. Whether you like it or not, and this is not me just trying to be a fanboy of his, but whether you like it or not, he speaks the truth. He speaks the absolute truth when it comes to professional wrestling. I have watched his content, and though though I have though though I may not have liked a lot of the things that he has said in the past before, I can't deny it. I really can't deny it. And that's why a lot of people don't like him. It's because they're just too stubborn and ignorant to admit that he's right. And uh, you know that that's oh that's what happens with me as well. People are just too stubborn and ignorant and ignorant to realize that. Though what we do and though that, you know, what we say, you know, may be harsh and may be brutal, it may be out there and it may be controversial, no pun intended, you know, it's true. It's logical, and that's why people don't like him. It's because they just can't handle the fact that what he's saying is just brutally is just brutal honesty. So he's not a bad person whatsoever. Underneath all that, he's just a regular person like us. And I've had conversations um, about the whole uh, about the whole issue where all where uh, people are trying to compare me and him, and he's like, you know, like dude, that's just what people do. People are going to go out of their way to. Start our trouble he was uh, he he's actually been very appreciative that i have been a loyal fan of him since 2015 and i've even uh wished him a happy thanksgiving he just um he um, t- um actually dm'd me a gif of two guys clanking beers together so it's like it's like we were friends from that moment so i would i would say man, jp's just a regular guy just like the rest of us is he's uh, he may be a charismatic a charismatic controversial figure online but underneath all that you gotta remember it. he's a human being as well not a bad person at all thank
0: thank you for that dj i i think we've got levi in the call now actually from the yes. ruthless aggression podcast are you in Levo? let's awesome. just say this awesome so it's got a little
1: more ruthless
2: <laughs> Ooh, here we go <laughs> oh
1: ruthless aggression now um
0: what i'd like to hear from levi uh do you want to give us a little intro my friend um levi working hard for the money so hard for the money so let's treat him right um give us a little little intro to your show um and uh let us know what you're
1: doing So, uh, first of all, I have zero idea how late to the party I am. So apologies. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm Levi of the Ruthless Aggression podcast, uh, not joined by my co-host Kyle, but, uh, we are two dudes who, uh, who met about four years ago and we just shared this very common bond of wrestling. And, uh, one day I posed the question to him, uh, how would you like to start a podcast about the Ruthless Aggression era? And he's like, uh, okay, okay. And so um basically I was inspired by the Attitude Era podcast as well as OSW review to do a uh pay-per-view by pay-per-view critique of the Ruthless Aggression era. And so what has really just started as you know a great idea obviously foul and you guys you know uh content creation for wrestling or anything for that matter, uh, is a very difficult beast to tackle. (laughs) So, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it sounds like a good idea on paper, but, uh, uh, I'll I'll give you this, um, our upcoming episode of Survivor Series 2002, one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time, uh, I didn't realize that I had never seen the Triple H, Katie Vick angle before, and, and what I mean by that is uh, I'm aware of it. I've seen an angle. I did not see the episode of Raw where uh, Triple H goes into the casket and does things to Katie Vick. Oh, and, you never uh, saw that. I never, I never saw that segment. I was in Jackson, Tennessee, at a house show for SmackDown that night, uh. and so literally last week I sat down, was going through the Raws to, uh, you know, learn up for the episode. I'm just like, I've never seen this before. I've never seen this before. What is this? <laughs> and so uh,
3: those are the moments I'm experiencing, and
1: uh, I like to run my listeners through. And uh, and so we just kind of cringe together. We laugh together, and and we learn uh, all about what the real discretionary is. And so... Our, our mission at the ruthless aggression podcast is to answer the question was it really and truly an era kind of like the attitude era or the golden era or the new the new age that sort of thing um we're, we're seeking to ask the question was it truly an era so yeah that's that's us <laughs> uh thank thank you very much
0: katie vick oh katie vick katie vick katie was vick. banned over here in the uk we weren't able to see it we had to da- I had to download I used to run Funny little side I used to run A, um, a club at lunchtime um, When I was in Secondary school Called the wrestling club And we used to watch Wrestling pay-per-views And stuff And I downloaded That segment And played it on a Dreamcast In the lunchroom <laughs> We all watched The Katie Vick segment Together Because oh it was cut from, oh so cut from our version of Raw So Cut from our version of Raw Oh my um, god We had so many Weird things <laughs> Cut from our Raws and Smackdowns um, um, and I took it into school. Okay, it was secondary school, so we were like 16 17 years old. But yeah, I screwed your brains out. Oh, that was absolutely. T- oh, anyway, that was a flashback I never needed. Um, I don't know. What yeah, the, so the we have got some um, stuff in the chat that, happening,
1: or the fact that you watched yeah. it off a Dreamcast.
2: Oh God! <laughs> What's crazy? What I get in myself hey, into.
0: I loved my Dream. <laughs> I I loved my Dreamcast, I freaking loved my Dreamcast It's a small little media, Um, I'm an IT boy at heart Now, uh, yeah, so thank you for joining us We were talking about JD um, from NY And DJ Storm's given us a very interesting insight into, you know, JD from NY and his... uh, Like his perception and also similarities, you know. Like the the reason I I wanted to see both of you, Keithan, and like obviously you guys are quite relatively new in the like the wrestling world when it comes to creating content. Um, Have you guys heard of JD? We see EPW, Everything Pro Wrestling, says he likes JD. What are your opinions? I'm going to start with Keithan. Uh, What's your opinion of JD from N.Y.? Do you look up to him as a content creator, or do you kind of what, what do you think of him?
3: Well, I actually uh, uh, listened to J.D. a few times uh, for his reviews on uh, pay-per-views, and uh, he's actually entertaining to me. He's actually entertaining. Half the time, it seems like he's just doing that just because he knows he pisses people off, you know? So I think it's kind of a, a bit trolling sometimes, yeah. but at the same time, I, me and my co-host, we kind of do the same thing when it comes to certain topics. Like if Brock Lesnar comes up on our show, you may see a little J.D. New York from New York, come in you know on us but uh you know i don't have a problem Mm -hmm. with him he's entertaining to me it's entertaining you know he he brings that grit that east coast grit you know which is all always good when you're talking about wrestling he's passionate about it so you know he he loves what he does so you know i i have no problem with him i i'm enjoying his content cool um, and sa- same for you
0: Levi so what do you think of JD for because I mean obviously I'm-, I'm sure that we're all I mean except for DJ Storms, I'm going to make this assumption I think we're all of a similar age um, so we may have seen some of that stuff happen and I think all of us with JD as well uh, we're all a very similar age so we've kind of gone through the same kind of wrestling milestones and touchstones and stuff So Levi what do you think of JD like did you did you see him and think that's why I want to do my
1: podcast. <laughs> Let's just say I'm about to get that ruthless aggression nuclear heat, baby. I'm about to bury some guys on the podcast right now. No, I'm playing. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be dead on oh, 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 oh. I have no idea who you're talking about.
2: He's leaning in the back of his mouth. No, that's fine. That's,
0: he's, um, so JD, for, uh, JD uh, from NY, um... So he's a content creator. He has recently got to 100,000 subscribers. Um, you may know him. He's quite a controversial figure on the internet. Um, he, 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 at the moment, his name is hashtag AEW information officer, I think.
1: Is that right? Great. Um, Great. And- Interesting
0: yeah and, and all that all that i can say about him from from my point of view from what i've seen of him is that he's a very outspoken guy who says very like he's he's very critical of the wwe product sometimes maybe too much and a lot of people think that he goes a little too far and I think that's where we are like I don't think that I think that sometimes maybe he does but I what I've said before my personal opinion on him is that I echo some of the sentiments he makes but sometimes I don't echo the strength in which he makes them and that that shows passion you know and so I mean Um, maybe it's a general question
1: Here's my thing. Um, we now more than ever are living in a very uh, clickbait society, and um, everything, not, not you know, because you guys, you know, you could be pure at heart. You know, Fal has the purest of hearts, I must say. He would never clickbait. But um, but think that most of the oh, things. Don't we see, say this, it's... lies. <laughs> most of the things we see are to garner you know traffic to a website so he has a hundred thousand subscribers i'm not going to pretend like i know who this guy is i'm not going to say what his motives are but we see it in a lot of uh we see it in a lot of youtubers who are who will you know who will go from one day saying breakfast with my dad to my dad tried to kill me at breakfast you know that sort of thing and so we kind of see those things echoed on twitter like you know dean ambrose the, the, st- the statement comes out whatever that he's leaving wwe and everyone's like oh He's going to AEW for sure. Uh, Ronda Rousey, she's leaving, blah, 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 blah. You know, and it and when you read more into these things, it says it's a maybe or it's a whatever. And, uh, you know, a lot of what we see, uh, especially on the AEW side of things, is, you know, we're desperate for news. We, we, we want to know what that next step is. And so I'm not surprised, you know. So if you say, oh, he's a controversial figure, he's saying some things that are out there, but some things are based in truth, you know, that that's kind of... That's kind of how I see it. Like, it's kind of like uh, I don't want to, you know, just outright call it clickbait, but it's to garner a reaction uh, to get people talking, to get people commenting, that sort of thing. That's kind of how I see it. But then again, it's speculation on my part. I don't don't know who he is. So. Definitely go check him out. Let's see. The thing is that.
0: Yeah, I, I you know what, like a lot of people like they wouldn't say that, but I would say check him out because the thing is is that he is he's a very interesting content creator in that he has built a brand around himself very successfully and he isn't he isn't disingenuous whatsoever. Those are his beliefs. Those are totally unfiltered his beliefs he's not like doing it because sometimes he does it to piss people off yeah and sometimes he might kind of take his opinion and twist it slightly to make it piss certain people off but end of the day if he doesn't like a show he says that he's not like oh well i like it and i'm gonna say that he does go straight for the negatives straight away and that's probably one of my criticisms of him is that he doesn't really ever look for a positive within the product but to be honest when he came up there was no real positive in the product there were a lot of negatives and he was one of the only people who were speaking of those negatives um but at the same time you know like everything pro wrestling in the chat right now and saying that the problem with his content is he like clickbait content is something that he won't do and JGBN3 does produce a lot of what could probably be called clickbait content but I still I, I, I say one thing about everyone I respect everyone's hustle and if that's his hustle that's his hustle why you know don't begrudge a man his hustle um, <laughs> and yeah I, I want i wanted to um take us to actually you've just touched upon a topic there actually that i wanted to speak about which is the dean ambrose situation and i think that we've got some people here that would probably want to talk about that so um i know that you briefly touched upon this in um in the in the um in the update um oh where are we DJ DJ storms touch about this in your latest piece of content but I wanted to ask yourself do you think actually no we'll go to Levi first because he's been out of this for a bit do you think that the Dean Ambrose situation is a work
1: no and I'll tell you why um in 140 characters okay. or less. So um, All right. I think Dean is pretty much a straight shooter, and we're seeing something similar to what we saw with CM Punk back in 2011, where he was legit going to leave the company. Uh, so what I think we could see in similar fashion is, and I think we've already seen some of the seeds sown already, because uh, WWE, they released their statement, and everyone's like, why is it so flattering? You Because know, usually we see, we wish them the best and their future endeavors. What we saw from WWE was pretty much tantamount. Please come back. Don't leave. <laughs> when you kind of read between the lines. So, um, I, you know, he still has a couple months, and uh, I think we could see them, at, you know, don't think they're not going to try is all i'll say don't think they're not going to try uh and if they don't come to you know to a deal then i think we just you know i don't think we've seen the last of dean ambrose or john moxley one way or another so um yeah it's kind of my piece on it
0: Okay. Uh, Keevan, let's take you to... So what do you guys think on the Best Damn Wrestling Podcast? Uh, what, what do you think about this? Do you think that Dean Ambrose is going to stay? Do you think he's leaving? Do you think that this is all a work? Is he going to AEW? So many questions. Answer some of them. Right,
3: <laughs> I don't think he's going to AEW. Really, <laughs> truly, I, I think if anything, he, he's just gonna. He's more of the type that goes with the flow. He might stay on the indie scene. Hell, he might even go to doing movies. He did a movie for WWE. and His acting skills are, are great. Um, as far as WWE, I think he is done because he hasn't really got anything substantial. I mean, he won the title what like maybe two or three years ago and hadn't hasn't touched it since. And even with that title reign he never fully recovered from the stone cold podcast i feel like stone cold kinda, oh,
1: yeah
3: yeah it was detrimental to him in that yeah. time and he never really recovered from that 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 was a huge blow i mean you could kind of consider consider it as like burying him in a sense because uh you know it just did damage to his title reign he lost it shortly after that and never got it back and you know, I I just think it's time for him to move on. He's Actually, touching
0: to upon that, Kiefer, I just wanna, I just wanna. Do you think that that came from Vince, or do you think that that came from Stone Cold? Because that particular comment in the podcast, do you where do you think that came from? Because it did set off a chain of events. Do you think that came from Vince, or that came from Stone Cold?
3: Well, I know. Um it could, I, I believe it did come from Vince a part of it because Stone Cold he, he he'll go at someone but not at at that extent pressured him on, on certain things i think uh i think Vince kind of did you know pressure Stone Cold to kind of go at Dean a little more cuz i never seen Stone Cold go at anyone like that like he's usually really supportive of the young guys but Dean he just really went for the jugular so i don't know if he was t- testing him to see if he could you know Promo back on them, but it, it just—it it was terrible. It was very cringe. Yeah, I mean. I, I, I,
0: that that was one of that whole that whole situation for Dean especially. I felt like that that it did feel like almost a prod. a kind of like yeah, let's test him, let's see what he can do. But Dean didn't seem to really react to it that well. He seemed to look at it as an insult and look at it as right. a kind of why are you testing me? Um, yeah. Uh, DJ Stones, do you do you think that Dean Ambrose is leaving? I mean, we've got some chatter in here, everything pro wrestling saying.
2: To be quite honest with you here, I think, yes, he is leaving. And based on everything that has been happening and the reason that PW Torch gave and I reported on the Lightning Flash update just yesterday that Dean Ambrose's frustrations... Yeah, I have to put the plug in there. Dean Ambrose's frustrations lie within his creative character direction. And that's where a lot of people's frustrations lie in. And, you know, a lot of people want to say, oh, God, these wrestlers are making money. How how could they be so frustrated with the creative direction? It's because their self-respect and their passion for the business is more important than money. Money is not everything. And that's what a lot of idiots have to realize in the fucking wrestling community. Money is not everything. That is why Dean Ambrose is frustrated because he reportedly turned down a five-year deal making $1 per year. And he just doesn't want to do that because he's not happy with what he's been given right now. And for all we know, Ambrose could have been feeling this way since two months ago. And that's why WWE gave him the Intercontinental Championship, only for him to lose it back because because he wasn't resigning to begin with. (laughs) Excuse me. Now we sit here on January. No, that- in- what? What'd you say? Sorry, sorry, go on, go on, sorry. Go on, go on, keep going, sorry. sorry. Yeah. So now we sit here on February 2nd, 2019 His contract is going to expire in two months And based on everything that has happened You know, there's really nothing that points to Dean Ambrose And this whole situation being a work With everything that has come out And the way that Dean Ambrose has been portrayed It's almost like WWE You know, they, they almost they're, they're almost Don't care anymore They almost don't care anymore about Dean Ambrose. If they they really cared about Dean Ambrose, then they would have booked his character better. But the fact of the matter is, is that that character really killed the whole Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins feud. And that's why the match at TLC was boring. So no, I don't think this is a work at all. I think Dean Ambrose is really leaving. I think Dean Ambrose is really unhappy. And you know, good on him. I really don't blame him at all. Because nearly everything, nearly everything on Monday Night Raw has been either lackluster or just flat-out garbage. So, I don't really know how you can, you know, point at this situation and say, oh, no, that's a work. When you take a look at everything that's happened, you really need to lean towards the fact that maybe Dean Ambrose could very well be unhappy. For all we know, maybe it could be a work, but as we... But as we talk about it right now, it's leaning more more towards the fact that Dean Ambrose could very well be unhappy with his position. And I think that Dean Ambrose could very well go to AEW, mainly because of the fact that aside from the almighty dollar, because obviously AEW's got a lot of uh, dollar power. They got that guy that owns the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, backing them up. Aside from the money power, they also got creative control power. And that's the one thing that a lot of superstars are leaving WWE for AEW. It's because the creative direction of WWE as a whole has ruined so many stars. Stars like The Revival, stars like Mike Kanellis, stars like Sasha Banks, stars like Ambrose, even Balor. Even though there's no, even though there's been no reports about Bauer leaving, they've ruined Bauer too. The and Green, for, Reno, cool. yeah, for all we know, he could end up leaving WWE for AEW. We don't know. It is a huge un certainty. But as far as Dean Ambrose is concerned, yeah, I think he he is really leaving because he's just sick of of the bullshit that WWE's been giving him.
0: See I was going to I was going to ask everyone actually what you all thought about the Shinsuke Nakamura you, you like DJ Storm spoke about earlier on about short title reigns. What the hell just happened there? Why did this happen? I, uh, yeah. I, I was I so angry in the Storm stream earlier today with Jojo. <laughs> Yeah, I um and JoJo is in the chat here. She said, made a few messages, uh, a few messages in the chat. I was, I didn't understand why you would give Rusev the title. Like, it was weird because it was almost like, I mean, as you were talking about potentially Dean Ambrose having these frustrations two months ago if rusev had had these frustrations two months ago maybe they went have the united states championship then shinsuke nakamura had the same kind of like concern so they were like we'll give you the united states championship it it doesn't make any sense can anyone i'm gonna come to you levi why why are these quick good why are these quick changes why these quick title changes is this something some kind of appeasement to wrestlers now like we'll give you a title shot please don't leave
1: you gotta have soap opera That's a business McMahon impression Um So um goodness, I, goodness. I might be in the minority Uh that I don't mind it Because uh Smackdown is the more story driven Or at least consistently Uh story oriented Show Um so we're, we're seeing We don't have all the pieces yet But we're seeing this story of um, and, you know, it is questionable between this faction being built between uh, Shinsuke and Rusev. Uh, like, I'm sure we're all mm. scratching our heads at it because it's like y- y'all y'all just hated each other like just a minute ago. Uh, but um, this gives a little life into R-Truth, who has been, you know, let's face it, a jobber. And uh, this gives him a little life. And uh, I think R-Truth is solid. He's drinking out of the Fountain of Youth. And, um, I think we need to yeah. see more, uh, and honestly, you know, I think we need to see more black wrestlers, uh, shifted into the limelight. That's something we haven't seen, uh, let's face it very much of in WWE history. And, um, we, we need more black wrestlers in the limelight. So, um, I'm, I'm for it. I think our truth is a solid hand and, uh, yeah uh i i was fine with it uh now just short title reigns for the sake of it i usually don't like it but i liked the story they were telling with the united states title
0: do, i'm gonna take this to keithan do you think that like i love r-truth i've, I've loved r-truth since the asylum days of tna um since mm-hmm. Gin rowdy with um yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, with uh, take uh I, can't, I can't remember his name now remember his name <laughs> Well, it was K. Quick, exactly. K. Quick, get it. gonna do the thing. You know that whole situation. Yeah, I loved him. I loved him so much. His very brief run before he joined Three Life Crew in TNA, like um the suntan Superman. He retweeted me on his birthday. I was so pleased. Um, that I really like him. Yeah. Now like him holding the United States Championship I'm going to take this to you Keithan. like do you think that it it raises the title like it raises the prestige of the title or does it raise his prestige like do you think that he's a worthy contender for that championship
3: I really don't think the U.S. title means much of anything now, really and truly. I, I like R-Truth, too. And he kind of said in his promo on Thursday, he said, The McMahons believe in me. That's why they gave me this match. It was really, I think, it's just a consolation prize for him being uh, handled by Nia Jackson in the Royal Rumble. So I think they just like, you know, hey, you got your ass whooped by a woman. Let's Honestly, this title yeah. In. Yeah, so that's basically what it was. But the U.S. title doesn't have any prestige right now. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I, I think with Shinsuke it was good, but I, Shinsuke deserves a, a, to be part of a major program. You know, I think that's kind of beneath him right now. But yeah, as far as the U.S. title, it, it holds no weight really right now. I don't know. I would I would challenge you on that.
1: Uh, does he really deserve go for it? A, like a main a main shot? Because uh, here's here's my opinion. It's just my opinion, and uh, it, you know, it, it can mean what you want it to mean, but. Um, That's what you're here for. (laughs) <laughs> since, since Shinsuke's debut in NXT against Sami Zayn, let me just say that match he had against Sami Zayn was incredible. It's one of the best matches I have seen in WWE, uh, and he has not Damn come straight. close to he's he's not come close to that since. Uh, I love Shinsuke. I love the idea of his character. I think there are a lot of you know a lot of things that make Shinsuke great, but is he truly deserving of something better? Because he just hasn't. He just hasn't come close to his full uh, ability. In my, in my opinion,
3: I know exactly what you're saying, and. To me, it kind of goes back to what we were just saying a few minutes ago Uh, creative control. Like, you know, WWE has producers. They have people who plan out the matches. They tell you what moves you can do, they have band moves. Like, and creative control goes not just for characters, not just for promos, but in matches as well. Like, you have someone telling you how you're going to finish the match. You know, you have someone choreographing the match for you sometimes. And I don't think that they've really given him the free range that he needs to do to use his full capability because if you looked at his his matches in New Japan and compare them to to here it's just like kind of day and night you know I don't I don't think that I think that he's being held back a bit I think that's that's my opinion on it
2: I can see that I can really see that no I uh, I
0: I think a lot of people have seen it as um, a lot of people and I can see the comparison a lot more as I've seen him in the WWE they compare him to Randy Orton and how Randy Orton when it's bored Orton or when it's don't care Orton he goes out there, he laughs all over the place, he does corpses all over the shop and he just doesn't care yeah like you can see he doesn't care Shinsuke Nakamura does something a little bit similar and when he's going out there and he's part of a significant angle, he gives it his all, he really fights, so something like that Sami Zayn match, oh my god that Sami Zayn match, but then at the same time, if he knows that it's a bit of a stupid like deal, he'll come out there and not really care as much um, about the creative control thing, this is something that I really really wanted to wo- uh, talk about is like people like Shinsuke Nakamura, people like Dean Ambrose do you think that giving them creative control in an AED style environment is good for the company or even them like and i'm going to take it to dj storm first do do you think that giving creative control knowing what we know of a w of wcw and tna to an extent does is it a good idea or should there be restraints
2: no i think that creative control is Um, Definitely needed as far as certain wrestlers go. I'm not saying give creative control to everyone, but if you have a big name like Dean Ambrose or if you have a big name like Shinsuke Nakamura, who knows the ins and outs of the industry, you should have enough confidence in those guys because those are your main guys that you are building a brand or a title around. You should have enough confidence in those guys to give them creative control, because if what you are doing, if what you are doing as far as creative control is not sitting well with them and is not sitting well with the audience, why not give them creative control? Why not give them the ball and have them run with it to see what they can really bring to the table? It is, it may be a risk, but it's a calculated risk that could very well result in something much greater than we really expect. You don't know what to expect if you give a guy like Dean Ambrose creative control or Shinsuke Nakamura creative control. Bray Wyatt had creative control for a while with his promos, and he was great. Daniel Bryan has creative control with his promos. Fucking great. So why not give guys like Dean Ambrose and Shinsuke Nakamura creative control? Stuff like this is needed. I'm not saying go off and give fucking... Um, excuse me, I'm not saying go off and give fucking Curt Hawkins creative control, but if you got these guys in a major storyline and a major spot in major title matches, and to a point where you're bu- you're basically building a brand around them, why not give them creative control so that way they can present something possibly more innovative than WWE could ever imagine? Think about that.
0: Yeah, anyone else got anything to add to that? That That's exactly what I wanted to ask all of you. Like, creative control. I just, actually, before we get to you guys, um, Everything Pro Wrestling is having a ball in the chat over here. Um, and uh, he's talking about um, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Can't believe how good the match was. WWE has too much control on these shows. They were good, but they wanted New Japan great like match. Giving creative control is not good looking back on Hogan, but listening to suggestions needs to happen. Um, he's taken full creative control um, what, what I wanted to say was Creative control is, is it something that's needed Or are wrestlers Independent contractors Who have no control over what they should be doing anyway What do you guys think Levi or Ketha
2: With all due respect Shinsuke Nakamura yeah. and Dean Ambrose They're not fucking Hulk Hogan
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh no, you're well, right. Even Hulk Hogan, they draw money you know his role though. So uh, and that's why WCW had its troubles. Uh, yeah, that's kinda why I'm kind of against creative control. And I I lean more uh, towards the argument that a truly great performer will kind of do well in his role. And that's not to say I always agree with the roles that are given to people, uh, such as um, <clears throat> I don't know I don't know Damian Sandow. Let's let's pull that name out for a second. Mizdow. Um, mm-hmm. he did great, right? No, great, great right. something. Exactly. And that showed that he could he could do well with anything. And so you know he gets released WWE don't know what they have or whatever it is. And so he goes to TNA, right? And, or Impact Wrestling, whatever you want to call it. And he comes out, he's like, I'm doing things on my terms. And, um, and, uh, we see, you know, him being him for a little bit. And then they kind of saddle him with this Velveteen Dream light gimmick. And that's kind of it. Uh, and so... You see stories like that all the time where uh, WWE or TNA uh, will saddle just a terrible gimmick to someone. And um, if Damian Sandow has this creative control. Like, kind of, kind of like what you were saying, you know, not everyone should have creative control. And, uh, I, I, I kind of, uh, lean towards, um, just a little bit towards, um, you know, truly great performers will rise above what they're given. Uh, or, you know, just do well in any role. Um, Steve Austin is another name that comes to mind. He did well, uh, being like a Hollywood blonde. It's kind of, uh, kind of, you know, polar opposite from being the rattlesnake. Um, now, I'm not going to talk about the Ringmaster or anything. <laughs> That's a different story for a different day. But uh, I mean, I Steve
0: Austin doesn't wait to talk about the Ringmaster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, am, am I making sense? Am I rambling? I have no idea. Yeah, you
3: make but, sense. You make sense. Yeah,
1: no, no, no. no. I would have started. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I,
0: I mean, there's a few wrestlers out there, and I, I'd give a lift. There's a few specific examples that when they left WWE to go to TNA, it was was like well if they had creative control if they had creative control and you spoke about Damian Sander Mr. Kennedy was the big one I remember I was such a big Kennedy mark and when he sat there and he was doing his little his YouTube videos of I'm waiting to go somewhere else and he's not day compete no compete clause and I remember thinking that's it he's going to get to TNA he's going to be allowed to do whatever he did his big shoot promo when he came in they said I couldn't chew gum and they said I couldn't do this but I'm going to do it and I don't care because I'm an asshole the whole asshole gimmick here loved it absolutely loved it but what happened he went out there did what he wanted to do at a fraction of the budget that he could have probably done in the wwe and then realized that hey i'm just another guy um the gimmick isn't as big as i'd hoped and there's other people as well like that came into tna and it doesn't the creative control doesn't necessarily mean that they're gonna have a great another a really good example is Orlando Jordan. Orlando oh Jordan. My biggest example wow. for me of so <laughs> okay. yeah. So yeah, Orlando Jordan. Think look at look at Orlando Jordan and look at Velveteen Dream. That gimmick is basically the same gimmick. Yeah. Oh. But how different can you take that gimmick? How different okay yeah Orlando Jordan's gimmick was a little bit more seedy but it's essentially of <laughs> you know Wouldn't a liberal individual a liberal individual
1: <laughs> wow I mean he did spray
0: himself in baby oil
1: Orlando yeah. Jordan is Velveteen Dream yeah. like, uh, with the parental lock taken off you know
3: yeah
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: he's he's the attitude era velvet drink, drink. velvet drink. Forget about him. <laughs> <laughs> don't Google it, whatever you do. Oh, God, <laughs> well, you most people... tell me twice. <laughs> <Yeah>, don't. <darn laughs> I've never I've never wanted to see more police tape in my life, but. Um, <laughs> I, I don't understand what his gimmick... Like, I got what his gimmick was, but that was another situation where he was like, in the WWE, I couldn't be myself. I couldn't show that I was bisexual because people thought that that was, you know, that that wasn't allowed, and I was held back. But here, I can be me. And what happened? He became a creep really fast, like, just kind of trying to slowly, like... He was... He was just a creep. I remember him going out, like, constantly trying to hit on other male wrestlers. Didn't he try to start up like a... Tag team with Eric Young, but it was more of like we're going to be a tag team. Your real
2: self, please, like, my God, put it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I didn't.
0: We didn't need to see that. Like I don't understand. Like I understand that it should be all right to have some kind of creative control, but again, sometimes creative control and genius can can be mistaken. But then we had the same thing with Val Venus. during those um, during those TNA shows, oh, yeah. the Hogan years of TNA Impact was the time when people went, hey, we've got carte Blood to do whatever we want. Let's just do whatever we want. And it doesn't always work. Um, and I think we're coming up to about the hour mark now. So um, I might be wrapping this up, actually. I think that we did this different take of it. it was really good. Thank you very much, actually, folks. Um, I'd like to... Um I'd like to very quickly bring anything that you guys wanted to talk about before we do wrap-ups. Um, any kind of burning issues on your minds today? And I'll take this. I'll go around the room. Let's uh, let's start with let's start with DJ Storms.
2: Um, topics that I would like to talk about. Hmm. Hmm. To be quite honest, nothing really comes to mind for me right now other than probably the Becky Rhonda Charlotte issue. So I wanted to discuss that. And I reported on the Lightning Flash update that supposedly WWE still plans on adding Charlotte Flair and Dave Meltzer reported that. Then I followed that up with the fact that the arena in Cleveland, Ohio, I can't remember which arena it is, but uh, the arena in Cleveland, Ohio, is advertising three matches for Fastlane on March 10, 2019. One of them is Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair, and that could be how they get Charlotte Flair into that match with Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey. I do not want that to happen. Though the triple threat match does sound like an interesting idea because because of the fact that you know we could get a great match regardless. We're going to get a great match regardless, because I I'm not gonna doubt Charlotte Flair, but at this rate, Charlotte Flair has basically become the female Roman Reigns at this rate. She lost the Royal Rumble. You're really gonna insert her back into the title picture when you already have a major title program with Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey, and literally well, Becky Lynch's stock is that of a stone cold Steve Austin right now. Did you see how many people just stood up and popped when she when she came out? I swear it was like some out of the Attitude Era. Ronda Rousey, she's the biggest star that they got. Becky Lynch has single handedly been responsible for nearly every major women on the main roster turning it up a notch. Becky Lynch has single-handedly rejuvenated the women's revolution on the main roster. So why are you going to have Charlotte Flair be inserted into that when there's really no reason for it? So I wanted to know if you guys think that Charlotte Flair should be inserted.
0: Okay, that, that's that's a really good topic. Um, let's let's take it let's take it to Levi first. Then um, Levi, <laughs> yeah. As DJ Storm said, is Charlotte Flair um, is, is Charlotte Flair? I, I, I want to take it to wrap it up. To is Charlotte Flair <laughs> due to be involved in that? Should she be involved and inserted into that as a triple threat when Becky and Ronda realistically are the biggest draws in that company right now?
1: Well, I think it's arguable uh, or debatable uh, to say that Becky and what did you say? Becky and Charlotte are the biggest draws. I, th- I think that's uh, debatable by itself.
0: Uh, oh, no, I said Becky. Sorry, I think Becky and
1: Ronda they're the biggest draws uh ronda for sure uh i went to to raw in dallas uh this past september and there were people who got up and left as soon as ronda segments were over like that's that is definitely the definition of draw right there the people come just for you uh now that being said um do i think charlotte should be in in the match um I'll tell you what, uh, I can see people's reservations. I can see uh, people being behind Becky so much that they want this to be a a one-on-one. I can say this with certainty. Uh, Charlotte is not needed for the match, but if Charlotte is in the match, it's still going to be great and uh charlotte is deserving because she i i think she's earned earned her spot on the roster i think becky has more than earned her spot on the roster and ronda you know i think ronda is deserving as well she's you know you know taken to it like a horse to water like she has been fantastic in her role uh we're not going to talk about promos though because that's a whole nother story but uh she you know all three of them i think they could tear the house down so either way either way i think it's it'll be fine
3: don't okay. add an eye of keithan so yeah do, so do that's, you that's think that? my she... only thing <laughs> <laughs> actually for me keithan keithan uh... <laughs> yeah i'm right along yeah, with dj go on go on uh, i, I... I'm right along with DJ on this. I don't I don't want to see Charlotte in there. I I, I knew like I liked you, Keithan. <laughs> hey man, same here. Same here, buddy. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think the reason for that is cuz maybe their original plan was to always have Charlotte versus Rhonda, but they didn't expect Becky to take off this fast and they didn't expect her to go over like that. And for me, I I, uh, I, I don't want to see a triple threat match at WrestleMania. Even though I know it would be good, I would like to just keep it Becky and Ronda. You know, keep it where the money is. So that, that's basically my whole stand on that. It seems okay. to be more and so more of the add issue WrestleMania to
0: because...
1: matches, though. Like they don't know what to do with like this third guy. You know, we saw it with, as far back as Benoit, then with Daniel Bryan, and it, it's consistently like John Cena, Big Show, Edge. That match. It, this is like a consistent thing now. It feels like just like triple threat match in the main event. They and they vied for CM Punk to be in that one match. Like this. This is so consistent. Like how can we? Like how can WWE WWE like take this down? a notch, like, like what? What is the what is the issue here?
2: I don't even know at this rate. If you want to put Charlotte at WrestleMania, you can still put her at WrestleMania. You can never win the Women's Battle Royal just like they did <laughs> last year. I mean, come on, it's really not that big of a deal. You don't have to leave Charlotte off a of WrestleMania's card. Just ha- take a step down a notch. he's a seven-time Women's Champion. She has held the divas title nearly 200 days was the first raw women's champion held the smackdown women's title for 150 days ended oscars undefeated streak when are we going to get someone new in that position that's what i'm saying
3: (laughs) yeah or just they can have her do a submission match against oscar at wrestlemania or something i don't know
2: i don't i don't want to see charlotte beat oscar again
3: Hopefully I'm a really
0: more. big I'm a really big Oscar Mark, yeah. <laughs> a massive Oscar mark and I hate what happened at last like last year that everything that happened to Oscar and it wasn't Charlotte Flair's fault but I can say one thing a triple threat at Wrestlemania for it it does it does seem to be like what do we do with this third person and Charlotte Flair has unfortunately kind of fallen into irrelevancy because of what was happening with Ronda and Becky Lynch and to kind of Sneak her way back into the title picture in this weird roundabout fashion. It's just strange. It's just very strange. And I don't think that it's the it's the right way to bring her into it. And yeah, like you're right, you guys are right. I didn't even think about that. She has. She's almost going to beat Ric Flair's any of Ric Flair's like uh, records before she even yeah. like what, in a few years time if she wins a few more titles she'll be well she's seven time title holder now seven time yes. title holder she's won battle royal yeah that's that's a bit ridiculous already she's a great app, she's a great talent she's a great worker but there are two you're right there's two titles now so why does she have to be involved in the raw championship I, she doesn't need to Ronda versus Rousey is such a money match it, on its own. If you go to the, I'll show you this now. Actually. If you go to the WWE website, because I saw this earlier on and it shocked the hell out of me. I went to the WWE website, and the whole of the branding for that site is Becky Lynch. So, people in the chat now, I'm gonna, sh- well, people watching the stream, I'm just gonna cut it over, and you can see that I went there to get some images for Worlds Collide, and it's just Becky Lynch everywhere. So, on the WWE website right now, you have on the page main page five of the man savage twitter burns so far and then you go down the page and there's a pop-up that opens up that says sign up for the man and then there's another thing down here she's everywhere she's literally all over the page they know that she's money so i don't really understand why they'd have charlotte flair even get involved in that um and we've got in the chat everything pro wrestling a rematch with Oscar that would work. I would love to see her have a rematch against Oscar. Oscar defeat her this time, and then you know that, that, that would be fine. Like the women's championship, but that that's a great point. I want to take it round to Levi. Is there anything that you'd like to discuss before we wrap up for tonight?
1: Uh, fantasy booking, uh, can we have a Nia Leaves Town match where Charlotte fights <laughs> Nia Jax and Nia has please, to leave no matter what? Please, please, <laughs> please, please. My God,
2: leave off Let's up pray to the wrestling match right now. Let's, Let's pray Let's to pray. the good Lord that that's happened. Nia Jax get the fuck out, out of there. Go. Faster, go. I swear. I swear, man. <laughs> Nia Jax is bringing that division down.
0: All right, actually... <laughs> I want to ask that. I want to ask that. I was going to ask this actually. Is it no? No. Let me let me go to Keith on first. Actually, let's let, let's 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 try this. So, is there anything yeah. you want to bring to the table that you'd like to discuss tonight that we haven't?
3: Actually, I was going to talk about the Charlotte and Becky thing, but, you know, DJ beat me to the punch. But well, I'm glad you brought okay. up this Nia Jax thing. Oh, no, no, you're good. You're good. You said exactly what I would have said. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, this Nia Jax thing, the irresistible botch. Yeah. She... <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was so, I was no, no, so no, scared. No, no. She
2: said 300.5 ounce Samoan woman in that promo. My God, dude. That's crazy. My ass off. That's like only 18 pounds.
3: <laughs> All the more reason for her to leave town.
2: But yeah, the I don't have any. The irresistible dumbass.
3: Absolutely, man. I was so scared when she was the last uh, a part of the last three in that Rumble match. I was like, oh, who's gonna get injured?
2: Oh my God! Is she gonna get yeah. another shoulder injury?
3: Yeah, or gives Zelina Vega another concussion? Oh my gosh. Hmm.
2: But hey, um, the Rock. That was that was nice. Six isn't as worse as Brie
3: Bella. Right, you're right.
2: Watch mode. <laughs> no, the
3: uh, the Rock does have more cousins. I mean, they they yeah. they're like never ending. Can we do a cousin trade? Like, just good there are there,
0: are there are so many. <laughs> 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 oh good lord! Well, you just switch out someone. Just switch out another member of the family. Hey, so we haven't noticed, but we've changed who Nia Jax is played by this week. This week, it's played by Bob. Like, but let's still watch. Like, I I'm I, behind I, Bob already. <laughs> probably yeah. Like, oh, I love no, Bob. Like, I think no, Bob's no, done really Bob. well already. Like, he hasn't even been in one match yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? you guess just get rid of Naya and just show bobs everywhere. Like, I just... I, am. Um... Yeah, I, I, what I what I really don't like about the whole Nia Jax thing is that okay, it, they did the smart thing they made a gimmick out of this the face breaker, so what she does now, and she did it during the rumble match she just held her hand in front of Becky's face going, I'm gonna punch you, I'm gonna punch you <laughs> I remember just thinking, she's, she's, she's telegraphing this move too much, Becky's gonna get out of the way, she's the man, she's not stupid, like if you're stood yeah. there holding her hand um, yeah uh, I I don't I know him, uh, right.
2: Much more dumbass like, than she already is. It really does. It really did. Like, yeah.
0: Completely. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. Um, she reminds me of, of, and this is what her. I don't know if you guys are gonna get the he reference. Got his face. Yeah, exactly. Plot twist. Yeah, she's injured enough of the women to have to now start injuring the guys. Like that's what I remember thinking at the time. I was like, are they getting her out of the women's division because they know that she's a liability? So they're going to put her into the men's <laughs> division and be like, guys, just suck it up. Just suck it
1: up. She hits you. Just suck
0: it up.
2: Send her to fucking performance um, center. Learn how to <laughs> fucking wrestle already.
1: Send her to OVW. That's my that's my vote. She
2: knows how.
3: So she's, she's another one that they called up too quick. I don't. I, Truly, I, they called her way too quick. Under the impact. Oh, yeah, Listen, yeah. my my opinion,
1: uh her mystique was killed for me when she lost to Bailey at Takeover. Like honestly, it's like if you're gonna make a monster character, yeah. make a monster character. There's way too many. And I guess if you're asking for my topic, it's like what's the deal with all the monster characters? Lars Sullivan, uh the list goes on. <laughs> you know?
2: Like what it still a still doing? Mm. No. Lars is it still in a good position. We he just has to get over his um the panic attacks, which is that's a personal issue. So uh no, no, no,
1: no. Are- it's not. It's not the lack of Lars Sullivan. It's like what? What is the the true need for another monster character? You got Braun Strowman, yeah. Nia Jax, Lars I, Sullivan, I, the War Raiders. You know, the list goes on. Well, the Lars Big Sol- Show. Is- sometimes well, I, think I think part. Of, I, think
0: part I think part of that character. I think the part of this whole monster character thing is that it's Vince looking to build some kind of... Obviously, we all know that Vince likes to have, you know, his hero, his true hero, his one guy that he puts everything behind. What he does, and if you've noticed this historically, is he will build up a cadre of bad guys, a legion of doom, so that he has enough bad guys to, when he has his one good guy, he can go take out every single one of those heels. So he builds all these big monster characters. The problem is, is that you have like anomalies like the Braun Strowman character, where he's a face and people look at him not necessarily as a monster, but as a good guy. When you take away any of his heel Then he's a kind of a face, and then he kind of gets lost in the shuffle. But he does seem to, like, obviously, we all know Vince likes big guys, but he seems to really like big guys at the moment, like he's building for some massive face to come in and take everyone down. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Uh, Ah, you've come from the gym. You're still sweating. (laughs) Have yourself a United States championship.
0: (laughs) Like, I just... uh, Like... I don't, I don't, I don't, but anyway anyway I, i'm gonna i'm gonna leave <laughs> it on that um, and i'm gonna say thank you very much to all of you guys have been great all of you um that have joined the show today i'm gonna give you all a 30 second promo to plug anything you got coming up um anything that you'd like to know your links are all gonna be in the description um and we're gonna start with i'm gonna start with so i'm gonna leave this guy last because i know that he's got something to say Well we're gonna start with levi from the ruthless aggression podcast you got 30 seconds shill away buddy
1: you can follow us on twitter at ruthless youtube the ruthless aggression podcast but all find all of our episodes in full length at anchor.fm and anywhere podcasts are available and if you've ever wondered what happened in the ruthless aggression era was it even an era well come to our show and find out what we have to say about it and relive all of the moments from katie vick to eugene and beyond What was the Ruthless Aggression era?
0: Sorry, I had to I had to mute out my editorial laugh there. Thank you very much. You said cave. K- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you just said cave K- again. Uh, no, I laid it. No. Uh, <laughs> also,
1: <laughs> 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 I love it. Oh, next, Steve <laughs> <another>. Mohammed Hassan. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Don't keep saying funny things. Don't keep saying funny things. I need to keep this show
3: rolling. Hide <laughs> I it right. Oh. Uh, let's <laughs> go to two hours. Oh my god. Like hiding right <laughs> Oh, oh my god Reich. Heidenreich. Nathan, Nathan, Heidenreich. Nathan a Poem ver. from Heidenreich.
2: Poetry by oh
0: god. <laughs> Poetry. It's a poem by Heidenreich. No, okay. Uh next that was my era. That was one of my like I loved that era. Um, now, uh, also next up <laughs> I loved it so much. Like at that point, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick up from that era. I loved that era. I I thought that it was so cheesy sometimes but so good anyway anyway we're, we're digressing next up the best damn wrestling podcast you have 30
3: seconds to shill yourself shill away yes 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 you can find us on all our <laughs> major platforms Instagram YouTube Twitter we tweet we live tweet pretty much every event you, you know and we like I was saying earlier we give blunt brutally honest sometimes hilarious takes on things we're unapologetic you know and we love this business and we're just products of attitude who like to talk our shit sometimes, so yeah.
1: <laughs> Heck yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: Got my follow already.
0: That, thank you
3: very much, Keithan.
1: <laughs>
0: <And> <laughs> Keithan, um, Keithan joined us today. Um, Rod is about as well. Um, great. They've literally just started uh, and I would love you guys to check them out. Uh, they've already won me over. Um, yeah, no, uh, also obviously last... Thank <laughs> you awesome awesome thank you thank you very much rod uh, thank you for getting this to working together between me and keith and today well, this is the first time we properly spoke me and rod had a long chat but me and keith are really literally today is first time and i was like i hope that he sounds all right and it's great thanks very much babe. yeah now uh no, no next problem. up <laughs> next up is um last but not least the one and only mr dj storms you have 30 seconds shill away buddy
2: well, first off, DJ Storms and Shill do not belong in the same sentence, but I'll let that one slide. Um, follow me on Instagram at the DJ Storms. Follow me on Twitter at StormsTakeover. If you haven't already done so, go and check out the 10th annual special edition Stormstream. It is live up on the channel. So far, it's the most liked Stormstream of all time at 23 likes. I just paid 200 subscribers, so thank each and every single one of you, especially you, foul original, for. Making it possible. Um, Thank you so much for having me on the roundabout table for World Collide. I really do appreciate it, it does mean a lot. And finally, next Thursday, next Thursday evening, we're gonna continue to make history because next Thursday is the 11th annual special edition Stormstream with my man, Nathan Best from the UK. I'm gonna talk to him, we're gonna gather details, we're gonna gather topics, and we go live on the channel once again. Thank you very much, Foul Original.
0: get my audio although back. so thank you very much DJ Storms and thank you to Keithan from uh, the Best Damn Wrestling Podcast and thank you to Levi from the Ruthless Aggression Podcast um uh and you guys have been awesome tonight um and thank you very much for joining me uh I will um I will keep you guys on the call we'll have a very quick mini mini like 30 seconds minute after this um because I need to go to sleep because it is 4 20 a.m here in the UK um um, wow. so, it's so uh, we will be having so close to yeah i know
1: 420 <laughs> so close it's 423
0: a.m. 423 a.m.
1: Marijuana. I mean, I
0: mean, I don't know anything about these things here in the UK. That's illegal. But uh, uh, on that note, on that note, this has this has been a foul original. Thanks for watching. See you next time. We'll be doing the weekly wrestling recap that will be happening tomorrow at eight. Well, today at some point, eight PM GMT. Um, we'll be doing special little looks at these guys' chale- channels as well and their podcasts to give you another little chance to see that. Um, and uh, that's it. I'm leaving. I'm leaving this planet, so I will uh, disappear now. But um, again, if you guys want to say, bye, if you guys want to say bye, um, feel free to. And then we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna head out. We're gonna head out. We're gonna say bye. So um, if you guys want to say final bye, say bye. I, I, I think I think we're gonna end it on that. I think that's the best way to do it, Lima. I think you did it. I think you did it. <laughs> We've got one yeah, last thing. We're having- still live. If you guys want to say anything, go for it. Mother- Get off father- my lawn. Bye. Great talking to you guys. <laughs> I think that's where we can end it. <laughs> have, a, have a great evening, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show, and if you'd like to hear more, then feel free to follow me here on the podcast ways. Also, you can check me out on youtube.com slash Wrestling for the Weekly Wrestling Recap, which happens every Wednesday and Sunday, live on YouTube, 8pm GMT. This has been a Foul Original Podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next time.